I'm Sabrina Petrofeza. And I'm Lily Rugo. And this is Earth's Mightiest Fangirls. And we are talking about the first three episodes of Secret Invasion. Yeah, which I don't, we're not late. I think we're, we're on time with this, right? Yeah. I mean, cool. if, if this episode comes out on Tuesday, then we're good the to go. fourth episode comes out on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then there's two more episodes after that, which we will talk about at that point. Yeah, which is wild. I didn't realize this one was going to be shorter. Also, just brief housekeeping note. Bear with me if my audio sounds bad or you hear a cat. Uh, I didn't bring my mic with me. And we're we're working with what we got. Yeah. So, oh, you know, well, we've had worse audio issues, I think. We've had worse audio issues fully equipped with microphones and headphones and things. Yeah. <laughs> but we're here. So I also realized I did not... Oh, speaking of... Here's the boy. Um, I did not... I want to see the boy. Can you see him? (gasps) The boy! (laughs) I love him! He is the fluffiest... One of the fluffiest cats I've ever seen in my entire life. I love him. I'm obsessed with him. Okay, so it... When did it start airing? Sorry, IMDb never says the date. It just says 2023. It started airing... Three, four weeks ago. Oops. Oh, so we are all behind. Whatever. Okay. Secret Invasion, uh, June? June 2023? Yep. Um, series, the whole series, all six episodes, is directed by Ali Salim. Uh, writing credits, uh, created for television by Kyle Bradstreet. Um, then it lists a bunch of writers, so I'll just go down. Kyle Bradstreet, Beto Dantas, Jonathan Hirschbein, Fine, Matt McRee, Halima Mirza, Jennifer Murrow, uh, Jovan Robinson, Brian Tucker, oh, listed for a bunch of things, uh, cast, six episodes, uh, at the moment, I remember we've been misled by that before, but Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, Olivia Coleman, Amelia Clark, Don Cheadle, Kingsley Ben Adir, Killian Scott, Kobe Smulders, uh, Christopher McDonald, uh, Charlene Woodard, and those are the main ones listed at the moment. There's a lot of like, um, scroll characters listed, but we don't know how big they are yet. I think my favorite part of the podcast is when you list names and you've clearly not looked up anybody's names beforehand and you're just stumbling through them. Yeah, <laughs> I do zero research. I always think it's fun. Lucky Um, I watch the show, honestly, (laughs) before we get to the episode. Which, you know, sometimes doesn't always happen. It doesn't. Uh, There's a lot of gaps, actually, in my knowledge. Okay, so this is the Nick Fury show. This is literally, like, it is the Nick Fury show. This is the most of him that we have ever seen Mm -hmm. in any Marvel project. Mm -hmm. Because he usually is, like a very mysterious character who just like pops in pops out we don't know very much about him Mm -hmm. in the mcu other than like he is a super well-connected spy and used to run shield yeah head of everything brought the avengers together so on and so forth i guess granted we did see a lot of him in captain marvel but like yeah it was a young fury it was an early version Mm -hmm. of him like someone that we hadn't got a chance to know yet i guess Mm -hmm. i'm very intrigued with this because this version of him because it's very like is he washed out like that's the question that is being asked 
in every single episode. Yeah, is he the same man that he was? Should he retire? Is he, um, yeah, is he too old for this? Is he is he played out? Is he capable of doing his job anymore? Also, yeah. is he is he deeply traumatized? And does he need to re- like take a just step away from all this? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we open episode one. Fury's coming back to Earth, and um, and uh, what's the the main scroll's name that like we Talos? Um, it is Talos. It, it's Talos, but I always want to say Talos or something. I always want to say it wrong. Well, okay. So how do you yeah. want to say it? I want to say Talos, but I'm so it's pretty probably sure Talos. That's wrong. Yeah. See. <laughs> so it's Nick Fury coming back to Earth, and what we're getting from him, getting from everybody around him in this moment, is that like he has been deeply changed by thanos's like snap and blip Mm -hmm. yeah he also hasn't been around in a long time so i we talked about this before because it's every time we talk about this show the last time we saw nick fury he was in space he was in space he looked like he He had gained some weight Mm -hmm. that he'd aged which like honestly was confusing to me Mm. because now that i'm thinking about it like I don't know. When we saw him in space, it looked like he had, like, retired. He was just, like, chilling up there. Yeah, like, he didn't that was do his nothing. retirement plan. Yeah. Um, and then this show, we find out that was not. He was on a mission to build, um, basically, Space Shield. Saber. Yeah. Um, but the other thing we're picking up is the people... There was not a whole lot of communication with the peop- about this plan with his the people in his life. Because everyone was like, where did you go? That's Nick Fury, I guess. Right. You know, that's just like how he is as a character. Um, Which to an extent, it sounds like a lot of people understood of like, Fury's in space, normal Tuesday. Yeah. But there was a, there's a, an emotional layer of abandonment to a lot of the people. Yeah. the over, But also the overarching plot of this season, right, it, mm-hmm. or this show, is the scroll secret invasion. The... Mm-hmm. In the original comics, to my knowledge, it was, you know, about these aliens who shapeshifted and took over and, like, replaced all of these, like, heroes, all of these, um, like, political leaders, all this, like, it was almost like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's like, they Mm -hmm, changed, mm -hmm. but, like, did they change? Like, they're the same person, weren't they? Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, actually, like, Something that's really interesting that I saw recently in, like, a TikTok video is that, like, during this invasion of the scrolls, what they had done with the original, like, people that they had, you know, taken were, um, I think I, I think I mentioned this, actually, in, like, our preview trailer spec, trailer spec thing, but, um, basically what they had done was when, um, like, the scrolls basically put the heroes, like, all somewhere else. Right. Um, alive but somewhere else and so when they came back they were in their like original outfit from when they were stolen oh right right, or from when they were replaced which i think is like very cool a very cool thing for them to do um so this is like fury is realizing like or not fury talos has figured out like this is happening right has told fury fury is back to fight it right but the other thing so what you described is that they were taking over known characters in the MCU. It seems like so far in the first three episodes, they are not doing that. They're going for the political takeover versus Mm -hmm. like, I'm Tony Stark or I'm whatever and whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, because they seem to be afraid. Like, what we see, I think, in, like, episode three Mm -hmm. is that they seem to be afraid of, like, bringing the Avengers in. Yeah, they don't want to, they don't want to start a dust up because they would lose. Yeah, yeah. Um, So that is interesting to me. And I remember way back when we were watching um, Captain Marvel, right? Um, And I had that thought where I was like, the scrolls are these types of characters. Mm -hmm. Like, this is... They, they are historically the bad guys so it was very interesting to reframe them um as the refugee and oh. like actually they're not bad people they're they're refugees they're they they do not have a home they're just trying to oh. find a home because it's the blue ones that are now the mcu bad guys right well i, I don't think that the kree were ever good people in the comics oh, okay. either but we had gone into that also being like, aren't the Kree bad guys? Like, why is Captain Marvel, like... With them. Siding with yeah. them. We were, we were confused at that, too. Mm-hmm. But, like, I had been like, oh, like, I thought that the Skrulls were also bad guys. So, like, I don't know. I was, like, able to, like, follow the plot as, like, why the Kree... Whatever. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, like, it matters, but it doesn't matter. Um. So now I'm kind of, like, I'm interested and also, like, not super loving the way that the plot has gone now you mean um, with th- this like radical terrorist faction yes mm-hmm. yes um so one of the things to i think be conscious of is how deeply rooted in anti-semitism the vision of this is secret lizard people slowly taking over the world oh. is a deeply rooted anti-semitic like conspiracy theory is it really that jewish people are like lizard people and that jewish people run the world in a secret society i didn't realize it like i i knew the the overall anti-semitic um secret jewish cabal kind of thing mm-hmm. i didn't realize there was a an an animalistic angle lens yeah. to it as well yeah Ugh. so Someone that I follow on TikTok, um, Danielle Silverstone, um, she was saying how, um, you know, they're not going to be watching the show moving forward because of that and because there are no Jewish people writing the show. Mm -hmm. There are no Jewish people, like, directing the show. Like, there's no prominent Jewish presence on this show Mm -hmm. to to be navigating such a deeply anti-semitic story and do it well Mm -hmm. because again remember that the mcu was created by jewish people right not the mcu sorry marvel Marvel comics marvel comics was created by jewish people Mm -hmm. so like the jewish creators who created the scrolls and created these characters and created these storylines are able to do it in a way that like they're aware of it. They they get to, like, take that narrative. Right. But then when you, like, turn around and let a bunch of, like, non-Jewish people tell those stories and they don't know how to do it consciously right. and, like, maybe not even are aware of the, like... The layers to it. The way this is the all adding up. The layers to it. The way that it adds... Like, exactly. The way that it adds up. So I feel very, like... Mm, like, I feel very... Um, aware of that while I'm watching hmm. and I don't again I don't love when Marvel 
particularly I feel like has a history recently in a lot of their shows and a lot of their movies where they take a villain Mm -hmm. who honestly I side with right I agree with Mm -hmm. because um graphics whole thing is that they came to earth and then Nick Fury used them Mm -hmm. as their as his elite super spies yeah he cut promised him promised promised the scrolls that they he would be able to find them a home Mm -hmm. And it is like 20, almost 30, it's almost 30 years later Mm -hmm. and that has not happened. Yeah. And there's not even like any, it doesn't look like there's any attempt even being made or any sort of promise being made in the meantime. Or any update or anything. It's not like, oh, Carol Danvers had had a lead, Mm -hmm. but that didn't pan out. Like, oh, like this is what happened. There's nothing being given. They're being let on and used. And it feels like that they were abandoned. Mm -hmm. Um. And I really, really sympathize with Gravik. Mm-hmm. I sympathize with the fact that, like, he has to deal with that now. Like, that, like, the only thing that he, the only thing he feels that he can do is be like, well, we've been living on this planet for 30 years. It's going to be ours now. Mm-hmm. Like, I can understand, like, and he was a kid. He was a kid when he came to Earth. Mm-hmm. So he grew up in... The violent spy world mm-hmm. that Nick Fury molded him into. Yeah, it also sounds like he came from a really. I mean, it sounds. I mean, his parents were killed, and he's a he's a, an orphan and a refugee as well. But it also it sounds like he came from a pretty like violent background as well too. Yeah, yeah. Like, cause I, I don't so, remember, but someone he was introduced as like he's a fighter, and I'm like, oh yeah. Plot wise, and that whole situation, I'm very like, I'm I'm really thinking very critically about it and i don't have a lot of faith that the next three episodes are going to veer in any direction that'll make me feel more comfortable with it as a storyline yeah i there's a lot of elements that i think could be really interesting and real and just would have been interesting the idea of just like the the spy thriller of who can you trust when the enemy can like change into anybody mm-hmm. like that's interesting that is something you can work with and the MCU kind of like yeah aliens sure we all accept that we can move on from there um, mm-hmm. but the it doesn't work with the lore it doesn't work with the canon that we have right now yeah and I see again I just get like really upset that like it went from this like interesting framing Mm -hmm. of like we think that this is the villain but actually they're refugees and then we're like they are refugees but actually they are the villain or it's definitely the not all right now because we're we're dealing with this outlier extremist group um so that way it's who has a lot of followers yeah but i mean talos is trying to be like you you're acting up makes a bad name for all of us kind of a thing and that's why and they're infighting they're kind of creating this yeah which, which is a I feel like I feel like Talos is that like outdated change from the inside change from the inside guy mm-hmm. of being like you're giving us all the bad names because you as an individual are like this acting this way or whatever um so I don't know. It's like hard for me to sympathize mm. with with Talos, 
with with fury because they very much are like the old guard right. um kind of situation and it like i don't know it just makes me very like hmm, hesitant yeah i sympathize more with talos because he is trying his best with what has been given to him he didn't he doesn't want this and he is in the middle between the two sides at this point because obviously he understands where gravik and his cause are coming from he is also very yeah. frustrated with fury and how their entire situation has been handled um but he also you know he doesn't want to resort to violence of this scale you know so i yeah. i sympathize with him the most probably because um, he is in that middle like i i it's not that i okay let me freeze it's not that i'm unsympathetic to him it just is so frustrating to me to hear that like um well if we all are on our best behavior everything's gonna be okay right yeah or if we just trust when, like, the, trust it trust the process keep your head down yeah when like conceivably he trusted the process for a really long time mm-hmm. but then look at what happened yeah, and the answer is nothing. Nothing. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. They, they put Fury in this massive position of power, and they stayed underground where nobody ever saw them mm-hmm. or knew they existed or anything. Mm-hmm. So I just like I don't know. Again, I get very frustrated. Yeah. Um, because the story that they this actually wants to tell, spy thriller aside, this is a character study of Nick Fury. That's yes. I, what the writers really want to do with their time. And this is just the background that they chose because I guess they figured it worked in the canon and whatever of like how Fury, where where he is in life and how he would come back to Earth and stuff. Um, yeah. And the stuff that, you know, I think Nick Fury as a character study is, is fascinating. Yes. I mean, I will say that like the character stuff I am enjoying. Right. Like I, I'm enjoying seeing Nick Fury in all his glory. I'm obsessed with olivia coleman yeah, i know now and for forever yeah so anytime she graces her presence on screen i'm always like yes mm-hmm. i love you you can do no wrong i have no idea if she ends up being a bad person i'm gonna be upset she's so far she's morally gray you know she seems like that um julia louise dreyfus type character yeah well probably but i hate her but Julia Le- Louise Dreyfus' character. Right. I really yeah. do Elena? not like her. Um, uh, whatever her name is. I can never remember. It's something, like, complicated and fancy. Yeah. Um, Valentina? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Um, I love Olivia Coleman. Right. Um, and so, because I f- feel that she can do... No- you know that TikTok sound that's, like, I... I I support women's rights. But more importantly, but I, also support I support women's, women's wrongs. wrongs. Yeah. Like... That's Olivia Coleman for me. Like, mm-hmm. I support your right, but I also support your wrongs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will support her through everything. So I'm I'm just excited to see more of her because I just love seeing her as, like, this, like, competent, like, badass spy lady. Mm-hmm. I love Is her. Is she in charge of MI6? Is that her role? I literally have no idea. She's just a British spy lady, right? She's just there and I love her. Okay. That's what I will say. Yeah. She's there and I love her. Yeah. Some fanboy out there is like, how can you not know that she's like this, this character? This, 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 this. And I'm like, I don't read the comics, sir. Yeah, they're also like the point of her character is we haven't gotten this big, la- big long introduction with all of the sort yeah. uh, cited sources and stuff. 
All we know is that she has a long history with Fury, mm-hmm. and that's all we need to know at this moment. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So I said before we started recording, mm-hmm. I'm shifting topics. I was really surprised that you didn't angrily or like <laughs> shockingly text me at the end of episode one. You mean when uh, Light of My Life, Kobe Smulders died? Yeah. I was waiting. So there, everything about that scene was very much Maria Hill just got shot. She died. Um, Gravik l- turned himself into Nick Fury. So she, she knew he didn't. But the last thing she saw was Nick Fury shooting her. And I was like... But it's the MCU. What if episode two, we hook her, we like jump cut to her in a hospital bed. We didn't. We jump cut to her in a coffin. Um, she's dead. Um, very mm-hmm. unfortunately. Actually, what got me is as soon as the, the pan out and the cuts to the credits, the first thing is special guest star Kobe Smulders. Because I wasn't paying attention. We will talk about it in a, later or at the end. But when I was looking at the opening credits, I was watching the art, not reading the words. So... Oh, we need to talk about the art, too. I'm sorry. Um, I When I saw guest star Kobe Smulders, I was like, no, she's not in it. That was real. So I was very yeah. upset. Um, but it was good to see her again. I, I've always been fascinated by Maria Hill because Kobe Smulders... Um, it, she's just there. She does her job, and then she like like Nick Fury. She just kind of clocks out, and I'm like, "Who are you? I want to know everything about your character." And now she's dead. Now she's gone. And now she's gone. I can't believe they fridged this woman. Yeah, they fully fridged her for the man pain of Nick Fury. Right, but they make it better, or like, oh, this like this is him, or this is his um, his emotional growth. By mourning um, Maria Hill. But don't worry. We're also introducing a wife. (laughs) We didn't kill off the wife character. We didn't kill off his love interest. Which again. I am The character that we had no idea existed for the last 10 years. Yeah. Which I'm also. I want to know this story as well. I am fascinated. Because again. This is a a deep dive into Nick Fury. And um, he. I don't know. Like domestic feels like a very strong word for the agreement that they have, but they they had a, a loving partnership, an understanding. I do want to see more of Nick Fury's wife. Mm-hmm. I'm just still annoyed that in something that I thought was going to be maybe not equally Kobe Smolder's project, mm-hmm. but featuring that featuring her. Mm-hmm. At a high enough level. And then they fridge her. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I, I'm so, I'm always constantly just so exhausted by these characters being secondary. Mm-hmm. That these women in these stories who are important, incredible, um, powerful women right. in their own right but never explored. They're just on screen to to kick ass and look good. Yeah, to bolster the main character who is often a man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really... I really dislike this, like... I don't know. I, there, There is this relationship between Nick and Maria that is almost, like, father-daughter. Yeah. And there is, like, such intense respect between them, and he was so visibly distraught when he realized that she died she was dying yeah 
And that's, that's all well and good. It's all well and good. But she's still dead. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe that was Colby Smulder's decision. Maybe she just was like, I'm, I'm going to put this character to, de- yeah. to bed. I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I'm, I'm done with it. Like, whatever. Right. But it's just so annoying. It's just so annoying that, like, I, a, a portion of why I... I was excited why you were excited for this show was to see more of her, mm-hmm. was to see more of her internal life, to see her actions, to see her just like see more of this character outside of the snippets of what we got to see in everything else. Mm-hmm. Like, because she is very much like Nick Fury because she is Nick Fury's right hand woman. Yeah. Yeah. Protege, mentee. If not in like, the comics, she takes over the shield after Nick Fury. That's what I was going to say. Like that is the heir apparent. <laughs> Like, it's just, I, 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 I just continue to be upset by the decisions that Marvel makes mm-hmm. in a lot of their projects. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm never a fan of Fridging, and I was really upset when she died. Right, yeah. Just, like, uh, for so many reasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, and then moving on to, I guess, I mean, like we were just talking about it, but like the the wife of it all, like yeah, well, that was an episode that he's not only married. Two reveal the tail end was an episode, episode three. I don't know. I watched two and three like back to back, so they're kind of like blending. Um, but truly, not only that he has a secret wife, like truly pulling a Clint Barton here. Mm-hmm. That his wife is a scroll. Yeah. A scroll warrior, soldier. It looks like she also looked like battle weary in the first time we in there she's introduced in a in a flashback. Yeah. So it's just like it's very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like we haven't gotten a lot of this relationship yet. Right. Like, obviously. Um and I'm just very curious to see where it goes mm-hmm. and she's clearly with graphic yeah i and i mean i don't i don't entirely blame her because if anyone's gonna feel the most abandoned by the nick fury and his promises it's gonna be his wife it's gonna be his wife and again she they had i fully understood or like sympathized with the argument that they had when she laid it all out for him of like he so fury got snapped and she mourned him because no one knew what was going to happen and then of course five years he comes back and she was like you were back and then suddenly you took off and like you chose to leave again at that point and she just says early on in the fight of like like you abandoned me yeah you basically yeah you abandoned me but and again so she says it early on in the fight of like i did not think you were gonna be like by my side, domestic bliss, whatever. Like, I knew what it meant to, like, marry Nick Fury, but I, I didn't mean it like like that. You had no right to do that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you're, yeah, good for you. You're right. And I think that really explored and opened up what they're, what they had, where Nick is, how everyone who cared about him feels right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where that relationship goes in the next three episodes but again i what i will say is i feel like that these episodes don't feel like other marvel shows in that like they it does it it feels like they hired tv writers for this one Mm -hmm. right unlike other 
Marvel properties that have come out, out on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also want to talk about the roadie of it all. Yeah, I think it's very interesting because the other layer... For as much as you're talking about the the anti-Semitism foundation of this, which I just, like, blew completely over my head. I was not picking up on any of that. Um, they are... It's not... They are trying to mention race a bit, but it's not, it's, it's not nearly as heavy as um, Captain Falcon Winter Soldier. But, like, it, it does come... You made a face. Because you said Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Captain America... <laughs> What? Oh, it was Falcon and the Falcon Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, and then he became Captain America. <laughs> but yeah. But whenever it does get mentioned, um, it is interesting because um, I, I very much was interested by the conversation Fury and Rhodey had as Nick Fury mm-hmm. talking to, like, um, from one black man in a very high position of espionage power to another one who is not in espionage power, but, like, very high well, he has. Position. I think he's like a high-ranking military official. Yeah, which I do have a very, very, very basic side note about Rhodey, which we can put off at the end. But what did you want to say when you brought it up? Is Rhodey? Is Rhodey a scroll? If Rhodey is a scroll, how long ago has he been a scroll? Oh, Was Tony Stark's that. best friend a scroll since MIT? When <laughs> did the, I'm? I am so concerned i hadn't even thought of that the when the how the who like well okay when Rhodey got severely injured in civil war wouldn't then have been able to figure like while they were mending him wouldn't they have figured out if he was had human dna but if they didn't know that they were they were supposed to be looking for it why would they be testing his dna well i mean when scrolls get injured don't don't they turn green again isn't that what happened with the finger? The finger turned green again because it was taken off of the body. Oh, which I did not see that coming, by the way. I was not prepared for I that. I did not see that coming at all. Um, oh, okay. Because that, I, if he's a scroll, I'm going to think it happened after Civil War. I'm going to hope it happened after Civil War. And I'm just going based off of severity of injury. I just, I, I need to know a timeline of how long he would i will be very upset on tony stark's behalf (laughs) is all i will say because what if like the scrolls sent someone to take over roadie like is that why he looks like don Cheadle now (laughs) what if that was the explanation uh no because tony wouldn't have just gone with that because if you're suggesting roadie got like, are you suggesting someone, they placed a plant next to Tony Stark? Yeah, because he's, like, a very po- powerful individual. Right. Even, like, in college? You think it goes back that far? Listen, all I know is that I'm scared, and I don't want to know the truth. <laughs> and I'm... And this is where my, like, Tony Stark defense squad, like, kicks in, mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, no, like, what does this mean for Tony Stark? Which is, like, really bad, because, like, <laughs> what does that mean for Rhodey? Like, where is his body? Yeah, where's, where's se- original Rhodey? Because what we're seeing from the scrolls is, like, they're keeping the original people. As a sort of, so like, they reference can... desk. Yeah. So, like, is Rhodey's body somewhere? Mm-hmm. I'm just, like, so concerned about it yeah that 
if the, so so far they haven't gotten into any named characters getting replaced yet and i think that would be a bigger reveal like that's a series end reveal to find no. out Rodi was a scroll you know of like i don't think it is we didn't to, but to be like oh we didn't only because part of the plot they can't copy superhero powers yeah so so far like none of the people with like born powers people with superpowers aren't haven't been copied yet um they're going for political leaders but i think if they were like oh by the way um here's all of these like barton um barton roadie like non-superpowered named characters they were all copied uh like pre-blip or uh, maybe after the blip who knows all i know is that i'm concerned I didn't even thought of that. I thought you were just saying that based off of how, like, anti-Fury he acted. No, I'm saying it because at the end of that, what, at the end of that episode or something, he was like, I have to get in contact with Gravik or something. Like, he oh, said, he? he had, like, a moment oh. where he said something that implied he, he, allegiance to Gravik or that he can get in contact with Gravik easily. Mm. Oh, I missed that. And that concerned me. Yeah, 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 yeah. It concerned me deeply. And like, okay, if I may backtrack a little bit, um, I mean, it's not. I mean, like, it's backtracking a little bit. But like, um, I also really did enjoy the conversation between Nick and um and Rody, mm-hmm. um, but I I don't like. I really feel like I can't really talk too much about. The impacts of that as like two black men talking to each other about like being black yeah in these political spaces and having to like fight and claw their way to yeah, make their positions make their yeah. decisions um i do find it interesting because i feel like i feel like Rody has always been this person who has placed a lot of faith in the systems that he's a part of. Right. I mean, he's he's stayed in the American military. Like, he is... That is the biggest system to put your faith in, you know? He stayed in that system. Not only did he stay in that system, but when he saw his friend struggling mm-hmm. and felt like he could not hold the power of the Iron Man suit, the thing that he created, mm-hmm. he took it and brought it to the American military. Yeah. Like, I feel like him going to Fury and saying, like, you're washed out, this isn't, like, something that you can handle, da-da-da-da-da, mm-hmm. is kind of, like, falls in line with that. It's like, well, leave it to the people who, like, can do this. Right. Yeah. Like, you're not going to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, leave it to me. Yeah. Um... So I find, I find, like, his side of that conversation, like, like, nothing about that screamed not Rhodey to me. Right. Yeah, I think Rhodey's an interesting character. And again, I also, I can't speak on, like, what their conversation meant or whatever. I just thought it was interesting to finally, or to watch those two characters who are, they're the only two who can have that entire conversation in the MCU, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, I, I'm glad they put it in because it was something... I never would have thought of before. 
I do find it interesting that they like trot Rhodey out for these moments, though. Because mm-hmm. he, he also did the spoke same with thing Sam. with with uh, Sam, yeah. yeah. To be like, why? Because that's also something that I've seen that other other like um, other black creators talk about mm-hmm. with in, in regards to Rhodey, um, where they criticize that scene in particular mm. in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where they say like really Rhodey you don't understand why he wouldn't want to pick up that shield right like you don't get it like you how do you not understand why he wouldn't want that right um because like picking up Captain America's shield is not the same as putting on an iron suit yeah not even Iron Man's TM suit it's yeah it's the mil- it's it's a different suit um Overall, because I'm just, you know, I'm not aware of these things and I am also not a black person, but I would love to read any or like get really into Rhodey discourse because he's he's a fascinating character. I think he represents uh, and does a lot of different things. And I would love to be educated on those facets because I think he he represents a very particular type of black man. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing, um, overall, all arcing, arching all of this, is how often is a white person writing Rhodey, you know? Yeah. Yeah. In the movies, for sure. Less so in the series, I'm sure. You know? Yeah. yeah. That is definitely something to keep in mind. Um, back to Nick Fury. <laughs> well, actually, not even back to Nick Fury. I think I, I'm... I'm really enjoying Amelia Clark as well in this. She's also super interesting as a character because she's she's Talos's daughter, mm-hmm. Gaia, mm-hmm. and I just I think I'm I'm so curious. About, I really hope she's not dead. Yeah, because like we where we leave her at the end of episode three is like Gravik finding her yeah. and like we see what he has done to others who have not even willingly betrayed him but like given up information so she's like actually a traitor yeah in his mind um so i'm curious to see like if they i really hope they don't fridge another person another woman she's so integral to the plot I would be stunned if that death was real. I feel like the if they were going to reverse one, it's got to be this one. It's going to be this one. one. Yeah. So I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have been really enjoying her, and I've been really enjoying the dynamic between like her and Talos. But I have also have like, I, I have questions. I have questions mm-hmm. because like, she is so dedicated to Gravik's cause. Right. But one conversation with her father makes her, like, turn around and be like, actually, wait, maybe I'm wrong here. Yeah, well, I mean, to Um, be fair, the one conversation is, if not, Gravik didn't directly pull the trigger, he is ultimately responsible for her mother's death and didn't tell her about it. So I don't blame her for being that, like, I am still with the cause, I do not know if I trust this man. I think that's where she's at. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, like, I find it interesting that, like, that conversation doesn't doesn't mean that she, like, turns around and... I don't know. I just, I, I, I just, I find it, I just find it interesting because, like, 
she is part of the cause. Like, she does believe in the cause. Mm -hmm. But what she's doing is hit is like fully on her father's side yeah i think she turned too fast yeah her her becoming a full uh double agent should have been an episode four or five move yeah yeah i feel like that needed more time yeah. like more time for her to find and like grow the seed of doubt yeah she needed i'm surprised that um she took her father's word that fast on her mother's death I thought we were going to at least get uh, one episode of her trying to verify it herself. Yeah. Yeah. And she just doesn't. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. It's just interesting. I, I, I really hope she's not dead. Mm -hmm. I really, really hope that she's not. But it's where we are. Mm -hmm. um, also, what I will say. I'm also, I'm shifting topics again. Okay. Between episode two and three, I almost texted you a bunch of times, but I didn't know if you were going to be upset with me. Okay. Because um, if it was true, I feel like you would have been upset about a spoiler. Right. But I'm at I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't think that this is happening. Okay. Um, people are really convinced that Quake is going to be in this show. Oh, what? Yeah. Based on what evidence? Has Chloe... I have no idea. People are really convinced. I kind of forgot about, like... I just kind of assumed the agents were laid to rest. I I don't know. I People do. are really convinced that Daisy Johnson is coming back. Chloe Bennett this. would love to be in the MCU again. She really likes her character and she loves that paycheck like anybody would, you know? Yeah. Fascinating. So, That's a theory I never I mean, would like, guessed. She even went on Instagram and was like, I'm not in this. I barely, I don't even really know what Secret Invasion is about. Right. Like, I'm not in it. But we have heard that before. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll see if that's true or not. But I'm at I'm at a point theory. where I can, huh. I'm I'm at a point where I can like confidently say I really don't think that she's gonna be in the show because I'm like I don't understand like where, why, or how Quake would come into this. Yeah, if we were dealing with like the Cree or something, maybe. I mean, like, but maybe. like even Shield is a relic of ye old Phase One. We're like well past all of that. I mean, I, I think that the only way that I would see Quake coming back would be in the, like, since she's inhuman, mm -hmm. she helps aliens mm -hmm. or other powered individuals. So maybe, like, she is part of the team that helps find her, find them a new planet. Sure. Um, Like, officially or something. She's on Saber. We just, yeah, the show like, ends and it, the door opens and it's her and Sousa. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, I forgot that Sousa's back. <laughs> I mean, I think that it would be in like a very retcon-y way. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it they would not it do it. Like... They would not pick up where agents left off. They couldn't. Yeah. That'd be insane. No way. Uh, sometimes, oh, oh, see, now I'm upset about the ending of Age of S.H.I.E.L.D. again, but it's fine. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. I can't talk about that. I don't think I have, like, much else to say about the show and, like, the plot and the characterization outside of that. Like, we've talked a little about everything. Um, yeah, it's definitely more character study than thriller. Yeah. Yeah. I do, I, I think, right before we really close out, though, I the AI intro is god awful ugly. So here's the thing. Um I don't have any sense of art or art appreciate appreciation. If it if I didn't know beforehand that that was AI made, 
I wouldn't have had a problem with it because it's just there's something about the light like it's it definitely looks it's not as like clean or as neat as the She-Hulk and the Miss Marvel ones like those ones are good and there is like that you can tell artists put in the work to that one I don't remember Loki's but that was also animated um, but like, if I hadn't known this was AI beforehand, I just would have taken it at face value of just like, this is what they're going for. Like, this is just the aesthetic that we're going for. And I don't hate it. I think it makes sense with the aesthetic. And I know that like some people, and I like, for the record, I don't like the way AI is taking over the arts industry. I stand with the strike. AI is bullshit and it steals artists' work. Um, but there were some, you know, like dude bros on Twitter who were being like, the point of them using AI is the like the theme of the show. Nothing is as it seems. You didn't know, blah 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 blah. And I was like, that's a very wimpy and lame excuse. But also, I kind of see your point, which is a bummer. And I don't, I don't think Disney should have done it. I think if they wanted this aesthetic and motif, um, the, even just like yeah, the the like the amateurish look to it, they could have found professionals to do it and they could have paid professionals to do it and that's what they should have done. I think that I just keep going back to... I just think it's ugly. I think everything in it is ugly. I think that the, like, fake, gross Nick Fury face is ugly. I think, like, it just it doesn't say anything. I Yeah. And I keep thinking... That if AI had been around when, like, Daredevil was coming out. Because it it's kind of, like, the closest thing that I can think of. No, same. It's the texture. It's the amount of texture that yeah, they're using right? that makes you think of the Daredevil opening. It makes me think of the Daredevil intro. And it makes me think, like, if AI had been around when they were making that show and they used it for that, we would have never gotten that beautiful, right, incredible like almost unskippable intro Mm -hmm. like the credits right i mean the intro credits um like it's so like i can hear the daredevil music playing i can see the like almost like waxy Mm -hmm. like viscous like paint that they were like using to build um all of that i just it's so it, I just find it so heinous that a company that can afford mm-hmm. so much will not pay to have a professional mm-hmm. create something that would have truly fit the aesthetic of the show. Right. And really would have had, like, thought gone into it of, like, okay, the show is about this and it's about that and I can use symbolism and I can draw from this and I can draw mm-hmm. from that. Instead, what they did is that they they did this AI thing and they uh, created something so ugly, in my opinion. And um, and it just, like, it's, it's just nothing. It's nothing. It's like this gross amalgamation of things that have already been created that they just pulled from. It's just AI at the end of the day is stealing. Yeah. I definitely, again, I, it, I, this is giving a lot of credit to Disney. Um, if they were going for using AI as a sort of like motif of not 
this isn't what it seems. Like, you thought it was going to be artist-made, and no, it's computer-made. Then I think what they should have done is that should have been, like, the first episode or something. Like, that, the AI opening is the first episode, and they commissioned actual artists. Because in this point in time, now is not the time to be avant-garde with AI. That just... That clearly puts you in a on a, in that clearly puts you on a side where we are in the argument right now, and to like no one's surprise, that is where Disney falls. So even as much as I can like begrudgingly appreciate certain aspects of like what the vision is, don't do it. It's now is not the time. It shouldn't have been done, or it should have only been done once, and you should have gotten artists to do it because you can. You can. It was just so, it's so clearly a cash grab mm-hmm. on Disney's part. Yeah. It's just, that's, that is what it is. Um, and yeah, uh, we staunchly support the writer's strike. Yeah. Um, I am constantly concerned about the uh, end product of Daredevil Born Again mm-hmm. because of it. But you know what? If Daredevil Born Again is like crap, but the writers get what they deserve, Mm -hmm. I'll be okay with that. I will be upset by it, but I will be okay with it because the writers deserve a livable wage and they deserve to, like, not be preyed upon by these billion-dollar companies, multi-billion-dollar companies that can more than pay their wages. It's Disney. Can you, like, can you imagine? It's It's the biggest company on the planet. It's the biggest, it's company, the biggest on the company on the planet for the biggest and franchise on the planet. Like, get your shit together. But like, it's also just like I think just emblematic of like all the other things of like they are not playing paying their VFX writers mm-hmm. writers their VFX artists very well. They're like treating them like horribly. It's like even like even since um our into the Spider Verse episode, it has come out that like there were horrible practices. Yeah, it was really bad in there in place yeah for those animators Mm -hmm. so like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter like what i doesn't matter that these companies have as much money as they have more money than god yeah have you seen the stat and it might maybe it's changed by now and i can't cite my sources or whatever but basically collectively what the writer's strike is asking for is a three percent pay increase yeah. It's a 3% pay increase, and the companies yeah. won't do it. They won't no. do it. No. And I hope the industry crumbles around them. Me too. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> Secret invasion. Anyway, on that, like, final kind of <laughs> somber note, um, we'll be with you till the end of the line. You can follow me on Twitter at the Sabrina Pet. You can follow Lily at Lily underscore Ruga, and you can follow the podcast at Ian Fangirls. And you can check out our website, earthspacefangirls.com, and you can email us at ianfangirls at gmail.com. You know, let us know what you're thinking about secret invasion and AI and all that stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, all those places. Um, so if you like this episode, you like anything else we've ever done, it'd be really, really helpful if you just like left a little comment, rated us on those platforms. Thank you to Dexter Britton for letting us use their song Wonderland, and thanks to us for editing and producing. <laughs>